Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome, everybody, to Tennis Bets. We're back again. Wimbledon rages on. Kenny Ducey, Zachary Cohn, Z Cohn, Kenny back again. It's a fun time because we're into Friday. The rain is hopefully behind us. The Wimbledon championships continue on. They rage on at the All England Club. And I got the fellas here with me to break down the good, a lot of good, the bad, unfortunately, a lot of bad. But the picks have been fun. Uh, Zico, let's start with you because, and I have the receipts to prove it. You've been riding hot the last couple of days, last 24 hours, maybe notwithstanding the last match just ended, but you know, the percentage is good. Let's start there. Yeah. I had, I had a few wins today. The ones I sent you, I had Eubanks, uh, to win two sets in that match. Obviously he won outright, which was good. And I had, uh, Quentin Holis to win one set against center. Although I did have a lot of bad in there. So I want to be transparent. I had Murray two-unit play to beat Sitsipas, which just lost. And I lost on uh, Manorino to win a set against Medvedev today. Overall, I'm down a little bit since the start of Wimbledon. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting couple of days for sure. Um, we could start with you know some of the good and some of the interesting stuff there. But I do want to bring Kenny into this because as Wimbledon rages on and we, we talk about all the action on the grounds, and there is a lot, you can look at some of the scores fl- flashing by on the women's side, especially uh, there's been some heartbreak as well. And there's been some matches that we thought maybe Kenny would go a little longer. That just didn't happen. You got to give credit to some players for finishing off some matches, but you know, guys like Chris Eubanks finishing up his match against Cam Nori and, you know, some players maybe that you're not too high on proving uh, quite a few of us wrong so far. Honestly, I don't know if there's been anybody who's proven me wrong or right. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe there have been players that have proven me right. I, I haven't really seen that. I don't know what you're, what players you're referring to. I mean, maybe Tomas Martin Echeverry pulling a win out of his rear end, but, uh, and then getting, you know, rolled by uh, an experienced player in the next match. But I, I don't, I don't, I'm not here. I'm not here to talk about Tomas Martin Echeverry. The good no. news is that he's out of this tournament. So we don't have to talk about there's, him anymore. And see his face. There's one, though. There's one that's proven you wrong, maybe in a good way, proven us like he's back. And uh, I'll put it up there but Berrettini looks like maybe he's finding it again and look and I want to be fully transparent I know you love this guy but you were not high on him I was year. like I was thinking I was like who do I hate that's been good doing well Dude, I've been on I've been riding the Berrettini train through two matches I have him to win I'll show you this I posted on on threads uh I I think okay. anyway I took him to win Wimbledon at plus 12,000 when he was down a set to Lorenzo Sanigo um and and I Boldly announced that I don't think there's going to be a better value in a Grand Slam outright market, I mean, this season, but maybe ever. I don't think there's ever been a value quite like that. Um, but you can get a guy that's been a finalist here who is a top three player on grass when in form and healthy um, at plus 12,000 to win. And, and especially like, you know, I understand looking at uh, it was what Mallorca where he came back against uh, or no, no, it was Stuttgart. Uh, his, his had to play in Stuttgart because it's the boss open. Um, he loses to Sonigo, wins three games. And I understand coming into Wimbledon after winning three games against the, you know, on grass, considering he only lost three times in his life uh, to, you know, 
in the last three years anyway. I understand being low on Berrettini, but you know, I thought he showed a lot against Lorenzo Sanigo, Um, and in watching him again today, I, I mean, he looks very comfortable. His serve has not been broken yet, which is a big deal. Uh, I think he only has really had to save a handful of break points, and it's been in like pressure service games. He had trouble closing out the second set um, today against Dimonor. Dimonor really pushed hard to try to get that break back because he knew if he went down too well, it was over, uh, and then it was. But I, I, I'm see, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Berrettini, and the forehand is still not really. He hasn't found the range on that forehand quite yet, but he's starting to hit some better ones. The net play has always been tremendous with Berrettini and as has been the slicing. And that's what's always made him so dangerous on the surface. But I mean, again, like the serving, he has just not been broken yet. Um, this is a very, very dangerous player. And you have to talk about the fact that he has beaten Carlos Alcaraz in their only Grand Slam encounter. Carlos Alcaraz, while he did just win Queens, does not have the same level of grass court, grass court expertise or experience as Berrettini. So that could be a very interesting matchup. And Berrettini could could sneak his way sneak his way into another final of a Grand Slam if he continues to play like this. And I don't understand what we're doing here, Zico, with these odds in this Zverev match. By the way, because you didn't let me you didn't let me get in some jokes in the intro. Appreciate that we're all wearing white in uh in honor of Wimbledon dress. Yeah, we're you all wearing white today. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did call yeah on the last show. And uh, yeah. like Nick Kiros last year, I'm wearing a different colored hat. So I don't I don't mean to spoil the surprise for you, but there will be a fawn coming. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got to uh, soak in some good so far because it's been a, a lot of good. This has been my best I've been in months, uh, and uh, it's it's finally it's been great. It's been awesome. Let's Except talk about let's talk time. about let's talk about some of Zico's good stuff too because he was on record for a few picks that ended up working out. Uh, one being the Quentin Hallows plus two and a half sets minus one ten. We can cash that one. Nice easy uh, nice easy morning for you there with how that match started. Yannick Sinner did regroup and win the match, but hey, that was a pretty smart one too. And then we also got to flash up the graphic to Zico Eubanks. Not only did he cover this, but he wins the match in four sets, plus 125 there. Really an effective match by him. And the fact that his serve has been so well and he's been playing you know, some tie breaks, not just in this tournament, but in the last tournament that he won in Mallorca, he's playing the big points, very aggressive too. And I think it's all come together for a guy that is you know, mid-20s, was part of that group we were talking about that hadn't broken through maybe as quickly as others. But here he is now with a good draw and a chance to get to the fourth round, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and he's looked a lot more competent from the baseline than I would have thought he would, especially on grass. I just think that his forehand's such a weapon. He's moving you know, pretty well for a guy that doesn't move that well. And as you said, the serve is such a weapon that that's going to give him a chance to win any match. And he has a really you know favorable draw. Like, I don't see him losing to O'Connell in the next round. And, I mean, Sitsipas has looked awesome so far, but you would think he has a shot to potentially win that match. Yeah, where are we at, Kenny, in terms of, you know, not just, I'm going to say Eubanks, because we'll get into the Sitsipas section, but he he wins a match against Murray, and, you know, there's ups and downs, but now this is an opportunity. And I, I always go back to this. Like, we can talk about how tough the early-round matchups are, but if you get through those landmines, suddenly things open up. And I think both these guys, especially Sitsipas, the the – the tournament is ripe for the picking in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think, you know, I was actually watching, uh, well, I, I watched that team match. I was watching some highlights of last year's uh, Sitsipas Kyrgios match while the Murray match was going on. Because uh, I, there was one shot in particular I, I forgot about, wanted to rewind. It was the 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 point where Kyrgios won the second set, just kind of guessing right on the Sitsipas sitter. 
Um, I don't know why I wanted to rewatch that, but the, the bottom line is like, you know, you, you remember from last year, uh, the battle that he had in Hala with Kyrgios, you, you know, even that, that win over team, he can play pretty well on grass. And like, I think we have the tendency to think back to that loss to Francis Tiafo, which came on the heels of the French open final loss to Joe Fish when he blew the two sets to none lead. Um, and I think we have the tendency to say, oh, well, you know, he's not great on grass. I, I really think like this guy should be able to be an amazing grass court player. I know I, we're not talking about Francisco Serundolo here, you know, or Tomas Martin Echeverri. We're talking about Stefano Tsitsipas, guy who has one of the biggest forehands on tour, uh, huge serve. The way he served today in the two sets that they played, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and I think, again, it's it's one of those things where we, we, see, we seem to underestimate the Tsitsipas serve at times, but I mean, this guy can serve it just as well as anybody in the world. And, and I think that the sky's the limit here at Wimbledon for Stefano Tsitsipas. And you consider Daniel Medvedev is in his quarter. I don't think Medvedev has looked really particularly that great. He's He should roll as Logera. Chris Eubanks will be an interesting match. I think that could be a tough one for him. And I will also say about Eubanks while we're talking about this match, uh, as someone who's watched his first two, very impressed with him. You know, I think he... Uh, he has made a lot of strides from the ground, at, you know, from the back of the court in the last year. And I think I was not quite sure how he was going to handle a consistent ground stroker like Cam Norrie, a guy that was going to be able to keep the uh, the two-hander low into the, the Eubanks forehand. But uh, I thought he did an excellent job uh, finding the range. And, you know, we know that this guy has otherworldly power when he strikes the ball. So I think, but I think that could be one of the matches of the tournament in the fourth round. Eubanks versus Sitsipas. But you mentioned it, Mitch. Like, I mean, we could be looking at a Sitsipas semi. Uh, we could be looking at a Sitsipas final, frankly, because I I think there's going to be a lot of tomfoolery here in this first quarter with Alcaraz, Zverev, Berrettini, Tiafo, Dimitrov, and Runa, and even Alejandro Davidovich Shakina, who can play on grass in his yeah. own right. I could Holger. see literally oh, anybody coming out of that quarter. Just, I I, re- I mean, except no. for Nicola Jari. Well, yeah, I want to see Holger foe if depending on what happens with Dimitrov tomorrow, but that could be good. There's a lot of potential here. And Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want to get the live stuff up because... You know, hey, we're doing this during Wimbledon. Got to talk some live. And this is a, a match uh, I know, Kenny, you've got your eyes on and Zico as well. But as of just five seconds ago when I was looking at it, we got Chapovalov at plus 110. Really? With Brody. And Brody about to serve for set three. So. Time to make a bet. So, yeah, thoughts. Let's yeah. Talk about, how to do that on the air? <laughs> what, 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 do we, what, do we, what do we like or dislike about this line and how this match is going? We, for a player in Dennis Chapovalov's case that did not come with anything close to his A-level when this match started. Yeah, I, I mean, I would still take Chapo to win. I, I think that maybe my our, our game spreads are dead. I have minus three and a half. Kenny I think has minus four and a half. But I, I still really think he should win this match. It's just 
Absolutely. I don't know. I, I, Brody really should not be at this point. No, I, I completely agree. I've, I watched some of the first set. Um, I, and just have, I mean, having watched so much of Liam Brody and the, and the, yeah, the wager, the wager is in, um, so having watched Liam Brody, like he doesn't hit a big ball. I mean, I, I, Shapovalov in theory should bully him. Um, and I understand, you know, the, 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 mm-hmm. the crowd is going to be, is behind Liam Brody. It, it's a smaller, it's not quite center court, right? It's a, it's one of the smaller side courts, but I still think, I still think this is a match where Shapovalov just overpowers him and, and really picks on the Brody two-hander. Like it's just, it's very weak. And from what I watched early in this match, um, you know, Shap- if the match is on Shapovalov's racket. And I do think he's playing with a little more confidence here after his first run win. I think he's been playing a little bit better at tennis. And we know grass is a surface where the young forced error bots, Felix Oje Aliasim, uh, you know, you can talk about, uh, you know, plenty of guys, but Shapovalov is one of them. You just, you, you see these guys who are tending to make a lot of unforced errors. They love playing on grass because it's very short points. You can hit through the court. Berrettini is another one. Um, so I, I think, you know, Shapovalov should win this match. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to win this match. So I, I think you take him a plus money here. I think Zico and I are aligned and Mitch, I think you are as well. Um, yeah. I, I like what I've seen from him. I think he's playing better. Well, there's some struggling in the service game and the lines are getting really closer. We'll monitor that while this show goes on. We got a little bit of a unification. Always love good synergy here. So let's talk about our mousetrap of the day or, yeah. or just going for it here. You guys love Wawrinka to win a set against Novak Djokovic on the day that he's celebrating a decade since losing a match on center courts. But he only has to win one. And I love these bets. And, you know, if you're even feeling even froggier, not that we are because we like to make responsible picks but i would say it's got to probably be early in the match Djokovic plays downhill guys let's talk about the reasoning for a match like this for a pick like this stan stan the man in wimbledon to win a set versus the goat in a lot of people's minds novak Djokovic. i think for me just based on what i've seen from stan in this tournament he's looked really good i mean he won a straight set win against rusavori beat kenny's guy tomas martin echeverry in four sets and really what was a lopsided four-set match, I just don't think that there should be this big of a difference in the lines. With Obviously, Djokovic is the best player in the world on grass. He should probably win this in straight sets. But this is still Wawrinka, if, and if he's in good shape, which I think he is, he could win a set off Djokovic. And I think, like you said, maybe he wins the first one off adrenaline and then gives way the rest of the match. I just think that you know, almost plus 200 odds is worth a shot. And Kenny, is this a situation where Stan, who's beaten him in every other major, despite being just six and twenty, he was kind of playing the dead cat game too, where saying, "Oh, I have no chance. This is the greatest. I just look at how good looking this guy is." I don't know if he said that, but you know, this could be a little bit of a mental warfare situation too. Yeah, and I mean, I think you know, we, we the the most recent time we saw these guys face off of a clay court uh, was at the U.S. Open when Djokovic retired, and it was a it was a very um, it was a very suspect retirement. I, it was it, a lot of people in the betting community were very upset with Djokovic for retiring back then. You didn't cash bets on retirements. Um, and, uh, it, it was, it didn't really feel like he was injured, but either way, I mean, I, I thought Stan was smoking him in that match and we've seen Stan win, you know, six times over Novak Djokovic. He's taken a set in almost every one of their encounters. And I think that's where I, I land on it. Like it just, when you get to best of five tennis, there's so much variance. Like there's so many variables, uh, the, especially in a third round match is going to be for Djokovic. Am I correct on that? Or is this still second round? I think this is still the third second round, round right? Third round. This is there. Okay. We got but, his matches in on time. We didn't have to worry a, about rain for that. Yeah, no, but in a, in a third round match, um, 
he's not the intensity level is not going to be there yet for Djokovic, especially after facing Jordan Thompson. And by the way, two very, uh, three very tight sets, really, but two sets that he could have lost. Um, obviously, they got the tie break and then the seven five third set. But you know, I, I do feel as though there is going to be an opening here for Stan to come out early, as Zico said. We saw that Jack Draper take the first set off of Novak Djokovic uh, in the first round two years. I mean, I, like we're forgetting that Djokovic like doesn't really win slam matches cleanly. Like I, I, he rarely does. Like the thing is he always wins them, but he doesn't win them cleanly. And so I, I think to expect a, a, an easy sweep of Stan here with all the power that he brings on grass is going to be tough. Also, I want to, I want to know if we can show the quarantine Mutet tweet on the screen, Mitch, before this, this is I'll over. Take a, I'll take a, yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. You know, I'm double dipping today, but Quarant, I do want Quarantine Mutet is, is uh, for my money, the best, the best player to follow on Twitter. So I, I recommend it. He's up there. I was going to, I was going to play the quote too, as we also, uh, as we also just discussed the fact that, yeah, he hasn't lost in 10 years on, on center court, which is just staggering. But the quote that he had in the press conference when the Aussie fans were cheering uh, for Thompson a little bit, he's Djokovic just said they're doing me a favor. The more they cheer me, the better for me. They wake up something in me that they don't want to see. Maybe a winner. <laughs> he's going. Hey, it's Zico. He's he's the tribal chief, man. Like, there's no yeah, other way. To... He is. Got to acknowledge him. Yeah, you definitely do. Uh, we'll we'll look at a, a few different things too. I, I wanted to mention as well how the future market look and we can kind of gear up towards certain things. But, you know, I know we're in the middle of matches and rounds to be played, so it's not fully, fully adjusted. But I thought this was pretty interesting, guys. And we can comment on this too. Alcaraz, 300, Jokic minus 165. But Sinner got through maybe the the draw not as hard at, at that third slot, plus 1,200. Mavidev, 1,900. So starting with you, Zico, thoughts on this market? Maybe guys not on here or anything you're feeling as the future markets kind of shape up? I'd be pretty interested in knowing what Sitsipas is. I thought that the way he was running around his backhands and just ripping forehands today, like he looked super competent on the grass courts. I don't think that that shot's hindering him anymore because he's getting around it. I'd be interested in knowing what his odds are. I think that he's maybe the best value play left. Mm. Besides maybe Baratini. Kenny, what do you think? Yeah. He's got, uh, it doesn't make sense what we're looking at on this board or something stand out to you one way or the other. Um. I, I I still I'm still saying Matteo Berrettini at plus 4200 is ridiculous. Like I, I know he has to face Carlos Alcaraz, but we talked about Carlos Alcaraz for weeks on this show about how he doesn't have the grass court experience, how he could be and will be a good grass court player. But I, I mean I need to see him put it together a little bit more. I mean even today was a battle against uh, a Mueller, a, a competent player, but a player that you know Alcaraz should be should be smoking on this surface um you know and, and then he got to face Jeremy Shardy in the first match who's a coach now uh I think the Jari match is going to tell us a lot but once again like you know Berrettini as the underdog to Zverev doesn't make any sense to me and so I think if and when he wins that match you'll probably see him drop to around Stefano Tsitsipas levels but I mean I think everything here makes sense I would say the best values on the board are Tsitsipas and Berrettini and uh I, I certainly would not say Sinner's a good value Certainly would not say Alcaraz is a good value. I still, I mean, Djokovic is probably a good value at this point. And minus 165, that's where he was before the tournament. And now, you know, you have you have some guys out of his way. I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, he still has to face Hubert, Her to face Hubert Hercats, but I don't think Yannick Sinner has done anything to like improve his prospects of winning this tournament. It's not like he's done anything to be like, oh, wow, uh, this guy could win. Kasper Rude's out of the way. Andre Rublev is a live underdog right now. He may be out of the way. I mean... At this point, you know, 
I don't know. I, I think you have to maybe take a look at Djokovic at minus 165 if you really want to look for a good value because he, I mean, he should be heavier at this point. I, I don't disagree, but it is just kind of crazy that we're saying that too. So Fritz uh, is out of the way in this half. Uh, Roberto Bautista Goot is out of the way in this half. Before, before getting to the women's side of things and then some more, more picks throughout the day, um, let's do an in memoriam for some of the American men that just didn't hold up their end of the bargain. All of them? <laughs> <laughs> no, TFO Paul. We got some guys there. Well, TP is uh, going to lose tomorrow, but but uh, Eubanks. Uh, let's this, talk about Chris yeah, Eubanks. Spoiler alert, uh, and Chris Eubanks for sure. Uh, I don't. I, it's kind of unfair to put Ben Shelton in this category, given that it's just the. Uh, oh, no, it's fair. Absolutely fair. Have to. Hey, he didn't. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly. Fair. You, you didn't come into this as the top ranked American. You also didn't come into this saying that I'm a favorite on this surface. So can we just <laughs> separate in yeah, that regard? Yeah. But, but like, also, I mean, he, he you know, you yeah. can't you can't lose to I, I think that there's been a lot of players and, you know, Corda is one of them, frankly, uh, Shelton's another one who just are a victim of their own early success. Like, you know, there are very few players at Karen Hatchinoff one as well. You can very like you. And I love how I just mentioned like two Americans because we're talking about yeah, Americans American Karen randomly mentioned Karen Hatchinoff. <laughs> But he is a good he is a good example here of like if you have a lot of success early, all of a sudden those expectations are very high. People are going to expect you to make a quarterfinal of a Grand Slam after you do it in your debut, like Ben Shelton did. And same thing with Corda. Really should have made the quarterfinal here. Couldn't serve it out against Hatchinoff twice. Hatchinoff won Paris, and then you know not, not, nothing ever again. Like it's very hard to back up good early early results. And yeah, I mean you know Carlos Alcaraz did it. Holgaruna has done it to some extent, but. You know, I, I do feel bad for Shelton. Like, th- there's a lot of pressure on him now after that, you know, magical debut in Australia. But also, Laszlo Gera on grass, like, come on, dude. Like, you got to – we, we know they're returning as suspects with Ben Shelton, so he has to he has to improve there. But let's also take a moment to say, you know, Maxime Cressy, another huge disappointment here. I mean, this is where he should have made his money. He did not. Uh, first round exit. Um, and and I actually – didn't he – did he lose to Gera as well? Mm-hmm. I think so that so. was bad. And then Marco Skiron, I mean, Marco Skiron was the underdog uh, to, to, uh, to Fucevic, but uh, that's also sad because grass is, in theory, a good surface for him. But, yeah, I mean, not a great Wimbledon for the American men. And uh, to have it on 4th of July weekend also was uh, was tough. Yeah, I, Fritz is in a different category. I mean, Corda kind of gassed himself up, but Fritz came in with a lot of hype. And Kenny, he was, you know, we, we talked about, you know, Tay Dirt Fritz, Clayler Fritz, whatever, but grass was supposed to be you know, some of his things. And it was weird, as you said on Twitter, that like he didn't, you know, put it together on grass. Clay seemed to be where it was at. And not just losing the match he lost, but also the yeah, fact that he lost it. It, it, it was, it, it was unbelievable, you know, and, and you guys watched Madrid. I mean, the, the way that Fritz looked unstoppable in Madrid, like he was absolutely cranking the ball. It was flying through the back of the court. I mean, it was, it, you, this guy looked unplayable. And when Zhang beat him, you know, everyone made fun of Fritz, of course, because people love to make fun of Taylor Fritz. But, I mean, I thought Zhang played, like, an unbelievable match um, and, and just matched the ball striking. But, you know, you watch him play here at Wimbledon, and it was a totally different story. And it's odd because he's won Eastburn twice. That was where his first title came, was on grass. Um, he didn't – he just, like, was not really aggressive with his forehand, I thought. Like, he was playing really tentative points. Um, I was actually hoping that, like, he would he would come through – uh the the fourth set there because i thought maybe if we could he could reset for like a fifth set um that he would you know he would just kind of relax and start just you know hammering the ball again 
but like that's why grass is a good court a good surface for fritz is because he can hammer the ball finish finish points quick and serve out of trouble and he just was not doing that like he was playing really conservative uh just you know hitting rally balls back to emer which like I get that I get that that's a good game plan. Like you want to make Michael Emer generate his own power. You want to make Michael Emer go for yeah. shots because he is a human backboard. But at the same time, that's not your game. Like you got to play your game. And if you want to look for any sort of similarities, like that Brandon Holt match, very similar, where Holt's a guy with no weapons who just you're just gonna hit everything back to you. And Fritz tried really fell into the lull of playing Holt's game, just kind of getting into mm-hmm. long rallies. Like yeah. I it's never been a question of his talent and his skill. I do feel like there's at certain times and we've, we've learned on break point. He can be stubborn about making adjustments and not wanting to change the way he plays. So I think that that's something he's got to get over not only the demons at grand slams, but I do think he has to learn how to, uh, to, to adjust yeah. in match better and sort of change his game plan. Cause he needs to play his game. I don't think we, yeah, I think we learned that before breakpoint. Actually, we just reinforced it there. Uh, also, right. want to throw this up before I forget. Here we go. Nine fifty now. Oh Damn. wow. Yeah. The spreads are. Thank up. you for bringing that up. The 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 wager <laughs> live on air <laughs> may, may hit. seconds. Um, but yeah, and uh, another thing that Kenny wanted to see. So there we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's funny. There, I, I mean, if you just take his. Oh, you rapping, gotta throw him a follow. Yeah. If you, yeah. yeah. Well, how do you not follow him? <laughs> I know this weird thing about French. I don't know. I don't do French thing. I don't know. I just he tweets in English. You don't like calling French people? What? Is- <laughs> yeah. What? Right. Uh, he also had the. He also had a, a very memorable tweet when Emirata Kanu talked about her struggles, and we were talking about young players achieving too much early, and she was like, "I I wish I never won the U.S. Open." And then Quarantine Boutet quoted it yeah. and said, "I wish I never won Breast Challenger." Another yeah. great Quarantine <laughs> Boutet tweet. All right, more tennis bets here. Zico, Kenny Ducey. We're on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network as well as YouTube, Facebook. Find us everywhere. I uh, want to talk about the women's stuff too. Interesting futures market here with EGET plus 140. Again, still matches in play. Lines are adjusting, subject to change. But Iga in that driver's seat now. Sabalenka itch, inching out in front of Rabakina with Jabor and Pagula, who I threw up there because... I'll start with this, Zico. Pagula is the one I added to the list ahead of some other names because I feel like this is an opportunity. And I do think that while Egos look great, this line is reflective of the draw and the chaos on one side versus how Ega pretty much has what I would consider a dream draw. Yeah, I mean, the more I've watched Ega, the more I've become comfortable with taking her at any plus money odds to win the tournament. I had her as a really big play to win her quarter at minus 110. I just didn't really see her running into any trouble with any of the players she faced. But, yeah, what I've seen from her on grass, especially, I mean, I just think she's looked awesome. So I would take this at plus 140 if I'm taking anything. Uh, with Pagula, yeah, I do think she'll get there to a match against Fiatek, but that might be a really lopsided spread, too, to the point that you can't even really hedge it. I mean, let's let's wait until she faces Petra Martic before saying how good she is. She, she, she beat SST. Like, I don't know. I'm not – I don't know how good she's looked so far to, to warrant this sort of odds, this odd shift. What I, what I want to bring up is Sophie Kennan at plus 1800, which is crazy that she's now top six most favored <laughs> players to win, but, and with better odds than Pagula, who's a top five player. But I do feel as though it's warranted. I think she's a good player on this surface. She's looked, she has looked good. Svinalina is a player with not a lot of grass court experience. You talked about the draw, like she could, I mean, she's going to have to beat Sviatek if she gets there to the quarterfinals. But in theory, like that's the why, why can't she? That's the question. Is, and 
will it be Markic to answer this question? Like, who's going to be the first player to test her? Because I, I, I'm i not in the camp of saying she is more likely to win this tournament than maybe some of the other players, but I do think that based on the style of play that frustrates her big hitters, they all seem to be on the bottom side of the draw. So there you go, Kenny. Like, what's the answer to this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I was just looking at the head-to-head between Iga and Martic, and it's not very pretty for, uh, for Petra Martic. So perhaps she's not the first player to. T- but I do. St- I think Benchic is going to be a tough match in the fourth round, uh, assuming she doesn't, you know, do one of her Benchic game- matches and just, you know, falls apart against Lynette. Um, but I, I think that yeah, I, I agree with you. Like this is an interesting half, but the bottom half is where. You know, there's some power players that could potentially, you know, if they do meet Iga in the final, could really rattle her. Um, I mean, I think Bianca's looked decent at this tournament. Ange Jabir, that's going to be a really good match in the third round, again, assuming Jabir comes through. But, um, yeah, I, I think that there's plenty of players that we weren't thinking about before the tournament that we should start thinking about, like Madison Keys, who's looked really good. Sabalenka's yeah. obviously already been on our mind. But, um, you know, Madison Keys, like, oh, why not about, Madison Keys? You can about- say... I, Closing in on 100 Grand Slam match wins. Yeah, I mean, I've, I remember watching her at the old Louis Armstrong like 12 years ago. I mean, or, or, or something like that. Not 12 years ago, maybe like nine years ago. But she's she's been around. But she always she, she's always like when when she's on, she is a top 10 player. Uh, yeah, so for sure, there's, I think there's a lot of parity in this in this draw right now. And you know, we're still looking at the big three. But I, I do feel like there's some interesting names entering the conversation outside the big three that. You know, you could see either any of any or all of these three women losing. Like we could see Sviatek losing because again, she's just really untested on grass to this point. And like, you know, who knows how she's going to look against a, a competent grass court player? Sabalenka with the mental and mental issues now coming off that French Open loss. How's she going to look? Uh, she's looked a little shaky so far here. And then Rabakina, like with just coming in with no form, almost losing to Alizé Cornet. So like, you know, who knows? Who knows? Zico probably knows, but I don't know. Well, I don't think we even mentioned it, but Kvitova was my was my pick to win the tournament before this. So I think that we she's another one on the bottom half of the draw that can easily win the tournament. That's a good one because you know she got tested early by uh, Paolini, wasn't at her best level, but survived in advance. I think that's I mean that's what we're kind of all saying here, right? Is that if you just get through, you have an opportunity. Um, got another one for you. I did want to get to uh, a line I'm building here right now because you mentioned some good names, and I do think that Keys is one of them. But I got to give love to somebody else who's got a pretty tough match coming forward. Zico probably knows where I'm going with this, but we're looking at my 16-year-old darling who's been pretty yeah. good to us in the last couple matches, Andreva. Potapova is no slouch, though. If you talk Kenny and, and Zico, if you talk about players that can make deep runs, I would say both of them are in this match. But not no slouch there, but Andreva just seems, Zico, like a big match player already. Yeah, I actually just wrote up, putting it out on vcin.com in a bit, but I have the over 21 and a half games in that match. But I did write in it that I have a slight lean to Andreva to win. I agree with you. Like, I think she's unbelievable. She's got power. She's got poise. I think that she's going to be winning tournaments really soon. She doesn't look the part of a 16-year-old, and I think that her game is perfect for grass, honestly. It does kind of have like Iga vibes where, you know, you, you can just tell she's going to be a top 10 player very soon and have that first breakthrough. And it definitely could happen here. I think she does have a good game for grass the draw. I mean, Potapova is, is as good a draw as she's probably going to get in the third round of Wimbledon if she could have hoped for Madison, the Madison keys match is going to be interesting, but 
you know, I mean, there, I could certainly see Sabalenka bowing out, just getting upset if they, if they do happen to meet in the quarters and maybe this could be the entry of a breakthrough, especially she looked really good against Krikova, like a very, very seasoned player. So I could see it. How about Sabalenka today? Just playing one of the worst sets of her 2023 and then just rolling later. I mean, it was pretty, pretty classic, but you can talk about her inconsistencies at times, but she is also one of the best players at bouncing back and just switching the momentum. So that's a good it's, one. It is, yeah. you know, who she, you know, my comp for my ATP comp for her is Yannick Sinner, where like, yeah, like you just you never have any mm-hmm. faith. I mean, I, she has achieved more than Yannick Sinner probably ever will, to be frank. But I do mm-hmm. feel as though she she does have like Sinner is that guy where you watch him play a terrible set. And you're just like, oh, brother. Like today against Alice. And I also had the the cash down to two and a half sets. But like, you know, you're like, oh, this guy's going to lose. Like Ilya Vashki was down two sets to one to Ilya Vashki at the U.S. Mm-hmm. Open. He was down a set to love against Brandon Nakashima. You're like, what is this guy doing? And all of a sudden, boom. And you, and you because of their, you know, they've choked at times. Like Sinner's choked. Sabalenka, obviously, we know she's choked, uh, to, for lack of a better term. But... What they what so you don't assume that they're going to have the mental strength to come back after a terrible start to a match, yet they always seem to do it. So, um, one of those interesting players where you wouldn't call her a mental giant, but she does have that ability to like just shake off a bad set and just roll. Uh, and she's done that several times over the last couple of months, but yeah, I'll take Andriva as the uh, as the underdog here. If you want to do a synergy pick. Ooh, that's a good synergy pick. Potapova is tough though. Um, This isn't like a lock, like she's someone that is going to give her a match. So I don't think she will. They've both, they've both gotten so much better in the span of a year. So it's not like there's only one rise from Andreeva. I think the over, over, as Zico was saying, is probably the smarter, safer play. But hey, sometimes you got to live dangerously. Let's wrap up. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, can we just give a shout out to Beatrice Haddad Maya, still hanging in there, plus 4,500. Really good grass court season last year. She's going to have to face Rabakana in the fourth round, but we're giving love to, you know, Madison Keys, who would have to face Sabalenka Ooh, in the quarters. A lot of these players, and Rabakana probably coming in with the worst format of the big three, the big three uh, here on the women's side. Why not? Why not Beatrice Haddad Maya? Let's go, Beatrice. So no She's drama got a trap line now. Yeah. Yeah. No drama, minus 140 ish range for Sonny Cristea. Of course, that's a tough match, but I mean, she's she's had tough matches already, um, and she's won them, and she she yeah. she knows how to win. She came back from that tough first set against Putin Sabo, a very very tough player to play, especially a tough player to come back against. Um, I don't know. I, I just I think we're I think we focus so much on the last few grass court seasons with some of right. these players like Anjibur, but Hadamaya came in with a head of steam uh, last year at Wimbledon, tough first round draw, but. I mean, I think the sky's the limit for her as well. I, I think she could beat Rabakina, absolutely. Look at what she did against Iga at the French Open. Yeah. I wanted to I did want to wrap this up with uh just some picks and some thoughts here, but we'll give us we'll give a fan some love too. Uh I think this might be someone that Kenny's friends with on the outside too. So we're looking at a lot of Veratini love on today's show, which is good. Let's go with some picks and Kenny. I know there's uh there was one, you know, you're not exactly Mr. Mr. Patriotic with this one, but uh you're going against Tommy Paul Yuri Waheka. See him right now is the plus 105 range. Both very good players who have put together some some of their biggest breakthroughs in their professional career. But why Waheka in this spot? 
I just don't trust Tommy on this surface. You know, I think he he had he had really had no wins uh, on the main draw, a main tour, no matches on the main tour until last year. He had a couple of nice wins at Wimbledon, but I, I think he's had a really easy draw. I think Raonic in the in the second round was, I mean, I, I Raonic just is not playing good tennis, um, and you know, Tommy really didn't even wasn't able to influence his service games whatsoever. I mean, I think Yuri Lechka is a guy that smacks the ball uh, when he's on, he's on. And when he's on, he's, he's one of the harder players to, to face. I thought uh, he faced two quality opponents in the first two rounds, Sebastian Offner. I actually was on Offner as the underdog in that match. Srundolo, I mean, you know, we've, we talk about Srundolo every mat, every show, it seems like, but uh, not not a slouch on, on grass, you know, with the power that he brings. I just really like the way Lehechka hits the ball. Um, I, I think Tommy is it really loves to dig into those baseline rallies. I think Lehechka likes to uh, finish him off quickly. I think that's why I don't like Lehechka on clay, even on hard courts sometimes, because I, I he makes too many errors for me. But, you know, if he's going to just be able to serve and then serve plus one all match, which I think he will be able to. Uh, it's going to be very, very difficult to beat him. And I, I think that what's what I would just say about this match is I love Tommy and I love my American tennis players and I absolutely hate Yuri Lehechka. I don't think he's very good, but I do recognize oh. that on this surface uh, and I, he does hit a big ball. He, he does, does serve well. Um, I think this is going to be a very, very dangerous matchup for Tommy. I think he's going to, I don't think he likes when he faces a guy with a lot of pace. Some would say this is you hedging, so you get to root for Tommy Paul if he wins. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Zico, going with a favorite, but, you know, Kennan, minus 162 versus Fidelina. I like it, and I, and I think that Kennan is finding her groove, but uh, what stood out to you maybe about why you're so confident in a line that's not exactly favorable for the gamblers, but why do you like this one? Well, I got it at minus 125, so it's probably crazy to see it up at minus 162. That's probably a good sign for me, but I, I just think Kennan's looked great. I think she looks like she's in the best condition that we've seen her in a few years. I think her slice is a really good, really good fit for this court, and I think that she has, you know, not sneaky power, but a lot of power for a player that does hit a lot of spin as well. Just she's a really good player in terms of variety. Totally agree. Yeah. I, All about the slice, baby. I don't know how... It's matchup styles make fights, right? And I just don't like this matchup at all for Svitolina. So all, all agreement with what you said, but I also think this is a tough one for her. Uh, I'm going to go over in uh, a game with a pretty hefty number, but let's see a lot of, let's see a five set thriller with Tiafo and Dimitrov. Maybe another trap line or, you know, some funky things with, with Tiafo getting the nod here, Kenny, just this bet in particular, what, what are your thoughts, but also where the number is in that match in terms of the odds. I am... I, I don't, I'm not trying to disparage your betting strategy here, but I love taking the under almost all the time in these matches, because I think this number you, you did recognize in our group, you were like, this is a way this number is so high, but I just have to take it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I, in the, my gut says, yes, this does hit like, this is going to be a long match. I, I just, I, I think that the market is overvaluing Francis a little bit here. I know he has a good game in theory for grass, but Dimitrov is like, I mean, one of the most underrated players on this surface. I mean, I, I think you look at his odds on a match-by-match basis on grass. Um, and he's getting respect here for sure. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I mean, you look at his record uh, and there's a lot of guys who just don't have experience on this surface. He continue, he knows how to win on grass and he does slice the ball very well. I think it's going to frustrate Francis that he's not able to get a lot of offensive forehands. I think Dimitrov's going to do a really good job of keeping the ball really, really low. 
Um, and that's going to really take away some of Francis's offense. And I think, you know, again, this guy serves very well. He volleys very well. Um, he, he, he is very good at lawn tennis. And I think he, he actually may win this in four and make, and take this under. Um, but I think the over is a good play. If you think Francis is going to win this match, cause I don't think he's going to win it cleanly. I do think that Grigor does win this match. So I think he probably wins in four and, um, I'm not going to bet it. So I, I don't, I don't see any value in either of the lines, but I wish you the best of luck. And I, I wish Francis the best of luck. I'm wearing, I'm wearing the Francis Tiafo Australian open shorts right now. So, uh, we'll see what ha- people, people, by the way, whenever you like to say something good about Taylor Fritz, people love to just think you hate Francis Tiafo. That's just not the case at all. I've been a big Poe fan for five years. I've watched him lose to Martin Fucevic in a 250 indoors halfway across the world. You know, I've, 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 lived, the, I've lived the downs. I've lived the ups of Francis. Um, okay. But So I hope he wins. But I, I think this is a tough spot for him. I think uh, it, it's also Dimitrov, someone that does better when he's not a favorite. So maybe a good spot for him to kind of fit under the radar. Absolutely. It's always, it's always a good idea to, to play him as an underdog. Never a good idea to play him as a favorite or rarely. And I wanted to finish the very last thing with this because we, we pretty much covered everything, but we do have a line out for uh, tomorrow. So it's actually a, a good one here. Kenny, something that I think you'll be uh, paying attention to, but the battle Bar- for my heart. Yeah. A little bit, huh? <laughs> Baratini at plus. What does one. that mean? Do you think I, I don't, I'm, I'm very indifferent on Zarev. Yeah, but you recognize the value that he can provide and how maybe he's someone that doesn't get enough respect. So I oh, think, of course. I think on grass in this situation, and I know we're all, we've gassed up Berrettini for a while and deservedly so, but how is he going to handle match after match after match? Because he says he's feeling better, but that's the thing. Because I we all are in agreement that he's play, his style fits tremendously here. He's a great grass court player, but... That's the question I have is we're, we're going the distance versus a guy in Sasha's bear who knows how to play d- well deep into tournaments. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how, I don't, I don't think I'm not really concerned with his body. I'm just concerned with the matchup because there are four and one in his career of a Berrettini that had never met on grass and grass is again, where Berrettini is one of the world's best. Zverev's grass court record is also very good. 37 and 18 across all comps. But I think, I think this is a match where you have to take Berrettini. I just don't know if Zverev's really displayed any real level of form. Watnuki's a good player. I'm not going to fault him for, for dropping a set there, but he's Brewer. I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I just – he hasn't really beaten anybody on grass. He's he's won a lot of grass court matches this, this summer. But, like, I, we are only, like, a month removed from us being like, is Zverev, like, is his level back? Like, is he back? Like, are, like and and this line would be what I would expect out of a peaks Vera versus peak Berrettini match. Now I'm not saying Berrettini is near peak Berrettini, but honestly, I think I think Berrettini could be further along on grass right now than Zverev is. Um, I, I really don't I don't have any concerns with the body because he hasn't played long taxing matches. He had the nice break between uh, the be, in the middle of the Sonigo match, which I think ended up taking well, it was only two days, but. Grass is not a surface where you need a lot of form. Berrettini is not running around a lot with these points. He, he's he's not playing long rallies. So even against Dimonori wasn't. So I don't have any issues with with taking him here as the underdog. I know Zico agrees. I just think yeah. he is again like taking Berrettini at plus money on grass is like taking Ivo Karlovic indoors, John Isner huh. indoors. You just have to do it huh. at a certain point. And again, Zverev, I'm curious what you guys think like about Berrettini's form and how he's looked, but also Zverev like. Oh, we were talking on this show about like, is he like, is he 80%? Is he 90%? Like, 
like only a month ago at the French Open. So to make the leap and say he's a minus 140 favorite against one of the best grass quarters in the world is kind of crazy to me. I would agree. I just think we haven't, like, and maybe we should be taking into account the last two matches more. I just think they're slower to adjust. There's still a thought out there. I mean, that beating Sonigo and Baratini and beating Sonigo and Demonor on grass yeah. is oh, that's, that's those are two quality wins. And I will also remind the folks at home: last year, the same we had the same conversation about Baratini about him not being in form. And how many matches did it take him to get into form? It took him two matches. Askarata <laughs> had an unbelievable grass court season yes, last year, really one and a half. He he had a three setter against Albot in his in his comeback. He had absolutely he had not played in months, and then he beat Sonigo in three sets, and then boom, Ata, Murray, Evans, Kudla, Paul, Bodic, Krajinovic, who had a weirdly good grass court season, like, and he was back, and then we thought he was going to win Wimbledon, and he got COVID. So like, you don't need a lot of matches to get back in form on grass. No. I think Berrettini's there. Well, fellas, this was fun. Uh, we have Kenan and Svitolina on service, Svitolina 5-4. We've got Iga about to be up a break. It might actually have just happened, but there's a lot going on. Uh, parting shot, Zico, for what you're looking for. Well, I'll just throw it out that I really, I really like Fucevic tomorrow, <laughs> plus two and a half sets against Medvedev. Uh, you said it before, Garon's a pretty good <laughs> grass court player. Beat him pretty easily in four sets, and he whooped Greek Sport, who was playing really well on grass courts, but coming into the tournament. I think that Fucevic has a good enough serve to, you know, get into a tiebreak or two and, and win from there. And I don't really think Medvedev looked that great against Manorino. I think Manorino kind of won that match from a point construction perspective, but just, you know, softly placed his little forehand into the net too much. I totally agree with you, Zach. I think Manorino looked really good. Medvedev looked like he was uncomfortable. And Fucevic does own a win. I was on a slow indoor hardcore, which Medvedev hates. So hard courts, but I do think that he's, I mean, he's playing very, very well. And Medvedev is definitely less than himself on grass still. So I think that's a very good look. And I'm also going to be on, uh, I'm going to be on some Fucevic as well. And also thank you for uh, both of you boys for letting me know that Dennis Shafvalov was plus, uh, plus 120 live. Cause that's looking like a winner. So thank you. What is this? What's that score in the fourth? They are at two all in the fourth set. Shafvalov obviously took the uh, third set. So, um, should be all but all but done at this point for, for well, poor Liam Brody. It was a fun show, uh, and the most important thing is we didn't congratulate people that lost. So I think we're good there. We got. By we the got, way, this is a good graphic someone just sent me before we head out. Asterud's last seven Grand Slam results: round two loss, final; round two loss, final; round two loss, yeah. final; round two loss. Final. Hilarious. Weekend concert. Sorry, we know what to do with the U.S. Open. U.S. Open finals. We'll see. Uh, Kenny Ducey, Zachary Cohn, always a pleasure. You can follow us on Tennis Bets on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're also on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music. A lot going on in the world of tennis. We'll be back next week with more Tennis Bets as the Wimbledon Championships heat up. For both guys, my name is Mitch Michaels. Thank you for listening to Tennis Bets and watching Tennis Bets, and we will see you next week.